live from the Purple Water Studio at Marlin High School. This is Mainly Marlin, our chance to engage our community mainly about Marlin. But we talk about other things too. My name is Daryl Henson, your proud superintendent. Today I'm joined in the studio with Lawrence Crawfish Galloway, your chief operating officer. I'm Dr. Stacy Parker, your executive director of academics and student services and the proud principal of Marlin High School. I am Adam Lejeune. I am the technology director. I'm Zach, and I'm the network systems analyst. This is our first episode of the Mainly Marlin podcast, and I think it's very fitting that the topic of our first episode is surrounded around our heroes, our classroom teachers. Today, we're going to talk about what makes an effective teacher, what makes a great teacher. Who was your favorite teacher? Old school versus new Old school. Old school versus new school. And we are going to be joined <laughs> in studio by our Marlin ISD Teachers of the Year. So let's start with this question. And I want to start with Chief Galloway. We're around teachers and students all the time. Yes. And times have changed, and we understand the importance of instruction. We understand the importance of just pure academics. What makes an effective teacher? I think the number one thing that makes an effective teacher is, is the passion. You have to come with the passion every single day. And when I just say passion, I'm not saying teaching math and one plus one. You have to come with the passion of of just the way you do your copies, the way you set your room up. The, like way, you that, that the way you hit that button has to be done with and purpose one. and with passion. So let me tell you how you will mess up a two-sided to one-sided copy <laughs> if you don't do it with passion. I have done it. But passion is definitely the number one thing I would have to say makes an effective teacher. Dr. Parker, give me one or two things in which you say makes a great effective teacher. Well, one, it's the will to win. You've mm. got to be competitive in this profession. <laughs> I mean, who wants to lose? Mm. I don't care if the standard is 50, I'm going for 100 mm. every time. And so I think when you have that willingness to win, you put your all into it. You're going to show, I might go get Neil deGrasse. I don't know, is he still alive? <laughs> if I teach a science to come in with the kids, I'm winning. I'm going to outdo everyone. And so I think that that is one of the things that makes an effective teacher. For me, my number one is having a heart for children. This is a profession that is always centered around children. Every person you interview will come into the job interview is for the kids, mm -hmm. students mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. Yes. But you can say those things with your mouth, but is it truly in your heart? You have to have a heart for children. Absolutely. Another thing that really, if you are an effective teacher, along with having a heart for kids, I definitely agree with that. You got to be a risk taker. Mm. You know, you also have to know, you know, to get in. Now, that doesn't mean just don't do what your bosses say. Now, that's not what a risk taker is. But Please, be, please don't around me. No, no. <laughs> please don't. I work for Dr. Right. Daryl Tree Henson. You do not do just right. what you want to do. However, <laughs> he promotes risk taking. And by taking risks, I mean, you go out and you do continuous research, you learn what's the latest and greatest, and you're not afraid to go out there and put yourself on the line for the children. You're taking risk in the classrooms for the purpose of success and reaching that higher order. Because so, taking risk is being bold. Being bold. Very bold. Students, parents, adults follow extraordinary people. Mm -hmm. Education has changed so much over the past 20 years, 25, 45 years, you have to be bold 
in your approach to educating children. The, the notion of sit down and get it or mm-hmm. sit in a row, man, please. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure that these children, they feel the energy and you're taking risks with your ideas and the way in which you instruct them. I firmly believe that. That's one of the things that we talked about coming into Marlin, working with teachers and setting up classrooms. I don't want to see kids in rows. That was the premise behind our (laughs) learning center that we have to have flexible seating. And very much so, like both of you just talked about, actually, every person in history that we study were bold risk takers. At the moment in time, they were considered crazy. Mm -hmm. Why are you doing that? Why are these great heroes doing that? But now we look back and see they took bold risk. They took bold risk for the people, and we have to take bold risk for our children to do the exact same thing. And I'm glad you validated my craziness. Thank you for saying <laughs> that, because I believe in keeping I the... <laughs> I am crazy, but I believe in keeping the energy, and when you said about energy, you keep that same energy. I don't care if the I was... Say it too. The kids say it, too. The kids keep that same energy. energy. And you do keep that same energy if you if I come in today I don't care if I walk outside the door and my man done left me and had three other uh, side pieces or whatever they call it these days I'm still when I go before the children Mm -hmm. I'm their teacher first Mm -hmm. I don't bring my outside to the inside I bring my positive energy and I keep that going all year and my crazy I used to actually go to their job yeah I was crazy in classroom I want all hot fries (laughs) and I want an extra packet of sauce and I don't want to hear nothing about it that's the way I talk to them in the class. I love <laughs> going to their jobs. Yes. I'm going to visit you. I'm going to visit you. Because this homework is still due. It's still due. Yes. And um, I want high fries. You you failed the test. And I want high now, fries. Now, you in here selling sneakers. Now, put aside a size, a size, th- size, need, size 13. Size 12. To I'm the side. Saturday. However, <laughs> you will be in my tutorials. But that, to me, is tenacity. Right. Tenacity will extend far beyond 4 p.m., mm-hmm. extend far beyond 6 p.m., when you have tenacity, you will override the way you feel mm-hmm. to do what you were called to do. But you know that kid that who you went and said set aside a size 10, 10 and a half? 13. 13. Mm. Now you've captured them. You've captured their heart. Your passion yes. has captured them. And I bet you next time the Bumblebee Jordans in a size 12 come out, uh, somebody's going to set them aside for you. He's going to be like, you want the pair of the shoes that's coming out? Those are things that gets kids. Absolutely. My favorite high school student, and I taught high school, um, <laughs> Mom used to bake cookies, and my mm. favorite thing was, can you tell your mama bake me some cookies today? <laughs> hey, your mama bake me some cookies next week. Hey, your mama still work at the movie theater? I want to go say th- see this movie. That was pre-COVID, of course, and I wanted that. And they liked that because you're connecting with them mm-hmm. with so their Stacey, outside lives. what made you a great teacher? Well, what made me a great teacher was not only did I keep the energy, I'm fun. I, I really consider myself fun, and I'm humble. Like, I literally, if I don't know something, I will let the kids know. I taught third grade once and told them I did not know that a penguin was a bird. I'm sorry. I still struggle with that. And you I was teaching. Batman I, two times. I, I, That's I, their only connection to penguins. Why do they live in the water? What did I, you think it was? A fish. They are always at the water. Did y'all not see happy feet? I did see happy feet. I saw feet. happy okay. feet. So why did I not think that in three D? I thought a penguin was a fish. Uh-huh. But I was teaching a penguin unit and my kids love that I did not know what a penguin was, but that I did not get upset and pretend like I really knew. No, I really mm. didn't know. And it was that moment that they were able to help teach me. So one of the things that made me an effective teacher is we're all learners. Mm-hmm. And so I was a learner with my students. What made me an effective teacher? I was just a curriculum guru and nerd. I was a math teacher. Mm-hmm. So everything had to make sense. Everything had to align. Before this whole notion of PLCs and defining what rigor is, 
I knew that in order to lesson plan, my activity had yes. to align yes. to the state standard yes. and had to align to my assessment, mm-hmm. not the tax, toss, or star, mm-hmm. the Daryl Tree <laughs> Juby Henson assessment. Which I guarantee has not been created yet. <laughs> <laughs> because my classroom assessments were way more rigorous mm-hmm. than any state assessment. But every student shows success because what I taught you, mm-hmm. what I retaught you, what I intervened on, you were assessed on. Mm-hmm. So I was successful because you had the opportunity to get an A in my class. Mm-hmm. I would have to say my what made me a good teacher was I reached the kids and I it couldn't be boring for me because I knew if I'm bored, the kids are going to be bored. Absolutely. So it had to be fun. And I had I felt the weight of the world on my shoulders being an African-American male teacher that I was the example. Yes, I had to be the example for our kids to see that it's possible. And a lot of teachers, a lot of my students still call me today in college algebra trig and ask questions because they know they were going to get, you know, good help. But they know I'm like, why are you taking this course? What are you doing? Why are mm-hmm. you failing? And I'm going to stay on them. And even to this day when I see them. So what made me an effective teacher is getting real with the kids yes. and being able to connect with them. Because I was quick to say, call your mama. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> she can come in here and get this lesson, too. <laughs> that was my go-to phrase was, call your mother. Right. But I said, as call your mama. <laughs> I and get on the phone. Get, get on the phone because she can come in here and get this knowledge too. Mine was, you got five seconds to get your <laughs> life right. Five. Every time. And we look Four. at them. Y'all, Three. especially elementary. The high schoolers, they looked, Two. they tried me. Elementary kid, y'all, y'all, <laughs> y'all. Miss <laughs> Parker looking at us. You got five seconds. Because I'm counting. You got five seconds. Never had to write a referral based on that one sentence. So my first year of teaching was during Hurricane Katrina. So I got a bunch of uh, influx of kids Don't coming in right after. Kids, so I had some kids that were a little out of off track okay. in my geometry class. What and I had an 18-year-old that was in my children. 10th grade course. Mm. So he was oh, 18. 18. I said, keep playing. You're going to be 21 years old on the bus next year. <laughs> <laughs> And kids thought that was the funniest thing because he was, we had him and another student, and they were over age. And I said, You're going to be riding the bus to school, keep playing with my work. You're going to be 21 years old, sitting on the front seat in an assigned seat with your name on the index card right behind (laughs) the bus. Not the index card. (laughs) But I guarantee you, if we were to interview students from your classes Mm -hmm. and your classes, you would be probably a lot of students' favorite teacher. Definitely. My favorite teacher of all time, Miss Burnett. Sixth grade science teacher at Beverly Hills Intermediate School. When I say Miss Burnett played no games, Miss Burnett played no games. Don't play with Miss Burnett. You know, you know, there was no coming in late. Mm-mm. It was not an option to not turn your work in. Now they have all these books by Harry Wong in the first 100 days of school. Miss Burnett didn't read that. And the, didn't read it. Didn't she could have wrote it <laughs> her own way. She, right. she was. She should actually probably get some money for those books. But I knew that Miss Burnett cared about us because we were going to learn the difference between um, American units mm-hmm. and Miss Burnett. Metric. Don't hurt me. Geometric <laughs> units. What metric, metric units? Metric yes. units. I was a math teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I didn't know what it was called. <laughs> but just the way we she set up the balance beams, and mm-hmm. it was her heart for us. She was definitely um, like like a mother figure. But you don't play. With Miss Burnett. At all. My teacher was Miss Thompson. 
actually she ended up changing her la- name later to Thompson Smith. So she had that hyphenated name. You need that. She was like six one. She always wore sling back shoes. So she was already tall and she had on a heel. She had gold <laughs> blonde tips always. Was and this she, in Louisiana? This, Where were you at? <laughs> <laughs> this was in Louisiana. And she taught science as well. Miss Miss Kathy Thompson Smith, you did not play any games with her at all. She was certified in everything. She was certified to teach science, counselor, principal, superintendent, but she loved science at the school. Life certification. Miss Thompson, what well, you gonna learn today? You gonna learn? You gonna we gonna learn together? Whatever it is, but you didn't talk. We didn't have any problems in her classroom because we don't have that in Miss Thompson Smith class mm-hmm. at all. Well, my favorite teacher in high school was Mr. William Hudson. They were Bill the names. what they call him, <laughs> Mr. William Bill Hudson. He was my Algebra two teacher, and he instilled in me a love for math. And mm. one of the things I loved was, one, um, he was a big, strong black man, and so um, – I, I didn't look at the stuff like that. I was a very good student, but he the co- way you described <laughs> I, I did. I think I, I think, think the table shape. <laughs> big but and strong. He was big and strong. Was he the algebra two teacher or was he the wrestling coach? <laughs> I don't know what he was, but he had all those boys from Stop Six. You oh. know, I'm from Fort Worth, Funky right. Town, and know. he had them in order. So they came in. He just commanded mm-hmm. respect, but he was the nicest teacher. But you were going to get algebra too. He did not. Some of my classmates, hooey, they wasn't making it. And Mr. Uh, Hudson must have had the patience of Joe because he literally ensured that they learned math, and I just soaked it up. I was watching ESPN the other day, and it's always the arguments of old school versus new school, no matter what the sport was. Who's a better running back, Jim Brown versus Barry Sanders versus Adrian Peterson? The constant battle of who is the greatest basketball player of all time, Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, or LeBron James. Mm -hmm. But if we're thinking as it relates to our teachers, old school versus new school teachers, because – it's not a secret. There are certain things that you can't say and do nowadays that you could probably get away with in yonder, yonder years. Mm-hmm. What were some of your favorite moments from some of your old school teachers, and how do you think that they would impact some of our new school teachers? I think with a lot of the new – honestly, I would have to say old school worked. Mm-hmm. Old school worked. Now, in this new school curriculum and standards, it may not but old school work, and you will see a lot of your younger, effective teachers have some of those old school tendencies of yes. we're here to learn. We're here to learn. I'm going to get to know you, you know, the whole nine. But some of my favorite things that old school teachers did, they held you accountable for any and everything. My principal, when I was in middle school, I want my hallways clear. And he meant that. And I don't care if you are bleeding, gushing on the floor, you roll into a classroom. <laughs> By the time <laughs> the, the tardy bell rings, because I don't want anyone in my hallway. But accountability, I would say, would probably be one of the things that's different now and how they held us accountable then versus now. Accountability is key. And we know the notion of some students, frankly, don't like to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. But our old school teachers who had the triple last name, <laughs> Shamika Ross Williams, <laughs> a.k.a. Slewfoot Jane <laughs> was right. going to ensure that you understood mm-hmm. the content and the knowledge. She was holding herself accountable yes. for the knowledge and information that you were to receive. 
I appreciate about some of the old school teachers, they even cared how you looked. Oh, yes. yes. You were not finna come out of dress code. Nope. Your hair was going to be kept. Yes. You yourself was going to be kept. Yes. Because it was, right now we talk about the whole child and wraparound services, which is very neat and very important. But some of our old school teachers, you better not come in there without deodorant under your arms. It was old school. You can say dress up in your Sunday's best and yes. everybody understood what that meant. Yes. Correct. Nowadays, you end up in yeah, court. You don't. Well, you know, we <laughs> in had. the Fifth Circuit. <laughs> at, at Paul Lawrence Dunbar, we had Willie B. Jones. And I remember that when you, uh, when you were a junior. What the B stand for? Willie, I don't know Willie, <laughs> probably, but we loved it. <laughs> I don't know what the B stand for today. But everyone that came out of Paul Lawrence Dunbar in the 80s until I don't know when she retired knew Willie B. And when you were a senior, mm-hmm. you were checking that schedule. Do I have Willie B? But low key, you wanted Willie B because yes. you knew you were going to learn. Mm-hmm. But low key, then you pretend with your friends you didn't want Willie B. Mm-hmm. And you get in there. But she was the English teacher. And go. I tell you, the Raven and the Iliad and the Odyssey and whatever else. You learned she, it. You learned that. You learned that. And so she was at the door. You're not coming in here late. She will call you out. Old school teachers called you out. Fix yes. yourself. Embarrass you <laughs> in front of everyone else. Because your old school teacher was also your Sunday school teacher. It was. You couldn't get away from them. I saw you Monday through Friday. If I had intervention on Saturday mm-hmm. and I'm going to see you at Greater Mount Bethesda <laughs> Missionary Baptist Pentecostal <laughs> Church with the red pews, yep. the red hymnal, and you're going to miss the entire first football game because mm-hmm. that sermon mm-hmm. is going to go from 11 a.m., mess around, be 3.30 p.m., but your Sunday school teacher was also your second grade teacher or your seventh grade mathematics teacher. And I think in overall, too, with that old school teachers, everyone was in the business. So mm, it was no yes. more of this. You, you everybody still really beating her if you was in her class or not. If she caught you out of line, fix you yourself. out of line, fix yourself. We are one. We are. So as leaders in this great school district, what are some of the life lessons or advice that you can take from your experiences as an effective teacher? And then, of course, our recalling of our favorite teachers that you would give to a new teacher in this new wave of education? First thing I would give them advice about, definitely interviewing. As we sit through interviews, one of the things that as leaders that we look for, we look for passion, tenacity, and we look for something that's out of the box that's going to capture our kids. So one thing I would tell a new teacher, research the district, research our community, research some of the programs and and processes that we have going on, and bring that into your presentation, bring something in your hand that shows your ability to have passion, personality into the interview for any new teacher or whatever, coach, secretary in education, but mostly the teacher. Show us that you can connect with the kids creatively. The most important piece of advice that I would give would be to do your best. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When we mentioned our favorite teachers, that was them giving their best. There was no specific They were great curriculum developers Mm -hmm. or they were great with classroom management. But every story we mentioned spoke about them doing their best because they cared. You don't have to be perfect, but you have to give 100 percent. And you get to define what your best is every single year because not only do our students deserve the best, we must give them the best. Students in Marlin ISD, they deserve the best. And frankly, they deserve more 
than the average student everywhere else. Yes. So it's going to be incumbent upon all adults to come together and in order to maximize their potential and turn that potential into performance, mm-hmm. we have to give our best. And I think the common thread of all of the teachers that we defined as well, all of them carried a certain work ethic. Mm, yes. I think when along with the interviewing piece, come with the work ethic, like literally, why would you join a profession you don't want to be at or be a part <laughs> of? So with that, bring some of those old school values and bring some of that old school work ethic and pride in your work, but also balance that with understanding the youth culture. You've got to understand yes. youth culture. So, yeah, we, we you talked about um, the overhead projector like we're gonna put that up we're not pulling those out you know that worked for miss willie b back in the day but today you know what does the b stand for (laughs) we gonna find i'm gonna find that out for the next episode but yes and so understanding youth culture and bringing that current vibe but maintaining some of those old um values i'm very keen on image Mm -hmm. we are role models for our children and so all that you do and say how you do and say it, and how you present yourself as a professional is critical because students and parents are always watching. They spend more time with you than they spend at home with their parents. Very true. Yes. So do you keep yourself kept? You should keep yourself kept. Like I said earlier, get yourself together. And and the same example that you mentioned, they're your Sunday school teacher, your regular teacher for the old school they knew how you. Sh- your mom didn't leave you out. Leave you. Let you leave out the house looking like that this mm-hmm. morning. Do I have to call? Do I have to call Geraldine right now? And let her know <laughs> how Geraldine. you looking at school because that's just how you were, yes. and that's how you were trained. My mom used to think she was slick, and I figured out later in life. You know, get yourself up, get dressed for school, come give your mom a hug. No, you're trying to see what I got on today before I leave yes. to make sure that I look like somebody. Or like when you get your hair cut, you look like somebody love you. <laughs> <laughs> Geraldine Galloway. <laughs> And Anita Henson, <laughs> they would have been best friends. Probably would have been best friends. Because it comes to the notion of, you're right, you were not about to leave. 10-6-18 Sage Bluff. Houston, Texas. Here. 77089 <laughs> looking any kind of way. And that has carried over as a young man over into my professional life as an educator. Alice G. Baker. (laughs) (laughs) My mama Alice G. And the place to be would be, she doing breath check. She's doing. What does the G stand for? The G stands for Gail. Now that I know, but she was gangster back in the day. Because she doing breath check. Come let me smell your breath. You wasn't going out with funky breath. You had to have on deodorant. She made sure our hair was tight like image was her thing as well. Now, I was a kid in the 80s, so I was back in the day with the big Sally Jesse Raphael mm. glasses, and mm-hmm. I had the Jerry Curl, and yeah, that was a whole disaster. But it was a sign of time. She a made curl. sure I had a Jerry Curl. Oh, Maybe I they hugged my soul glow. Just remember that movie. Mine was down to my shoulder. How juicy was it? Very. I, I was wondering that, too. I, I always had to be fresh. Had to be juicy. I Leaving bet, a stain on every chair I, I said, I on. bet the back of all your shirts. <laughs> In the back of every jacket was no good <laughs> after all. two. There was no dry cleaners in Fort Worth that could take the soul glow out of that 100% <laughs> cotton shirt. And I bet yours was big, too, wasn't it? Big. I, fe- I felt it. I felt it was big. I, your- <laughs> I probably was about as small as this microphone, and my hair was this big. Like, literally, it was massive. But image was everything. But our teachers right. looked just as nice. Yes, yes. We did not have... 
well, jeans didn't exist when I was in school as far as a teacher gear unless you were a coach in the athletic period and then they wore whatever coaches mm -hmm. wore in the 80s. We are joined now live in studio with the Marlin ISD, Marlin Elementary School Teacher of the Year, Mr. Darius Kelly. Woo! Thank yes. y'all. It's an honor. Mr. Kelly, tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you here to Marlin ISD. Well, I'm from Waco, Texas. Um, been there my whole life. I went to PV. After PV, I graduated with uh, a degree in political science. Oh, okay. I internshiped in D.C. I didn't like it. I was like, okay, this is not nothing that I want to do. So when I came back to Texas, uh, my friend Jefferson asked me did I want to get a job at the elementary school. Okay. It was an open position. She was like, it's nothing permanent. Just come <laughs> up here. It's a behavioral aid position. Just see if you even like education because I think you'll be a good teacher. So I told her I'd give it a try. I tried it. I think within, I want to say, a month and a half, they had me in the classroom. I passed my content test. After six weeks. Mm -hmm. You were that cold. You were that good. Region 12, wow. um, Laura Roden, she put a lot of faith in me. And she saw me. They had me sub one day. And she was like, you have it. There's just a natural ability about yourself, the way you command the top of the room. And she's like, that. you're just being a sub. We did just talk about that. And she was like. You have their attention. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you have the teacher material. You, you, know, you are a teacher. And she was like, has that, has that been something you thought of? And I thought about it, but I was like, I don't know. My patience a little, little short. <laughs> I used to say I'm going to end up on the news. Yeah. Right, right. And I was like, no, nah, you know, I don't want to do that. But call your mama. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> she can come in here and get this lesson too. Mine was, True. I don't like children no way. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I tried it. Um, I went past the content test. I did everything they told me to do. And, I, yeah, I was in the classroom within a month. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's it happened fast. <laughs> No, but you spoke and you hit on very key things in which mm -hmm. make an effective teacher. The most important thing you mentioned was the ability to engage our children and keep their attention. So this year you were named the 2021 Marlin Elementary School Teacher of the Year. What does that mean to you and say about you as an educator, a teacher, and a mentor? To me, it just spoke to all the hard work that I've been putting in these past five years that I've been in the classroom. Um, it is a tireless job. It, all of you know, you know, it, sometimes you don't get rewarded for coming and doing your job. So to me, it was just like somebody sees me. You know, my colleagues who voted for me, who's, you know, chose me for this honor, see the hard work that I'm putting in. Yes. And I appreciated it. Mm -hmm. And to me, it humbled me because it's like, okay, people are looking at you. Not only are the kids, but your colleagues are looking at you. So step it up. Mm. You teach early year. There now. you go. There it is. I can't go backwards. There you it can't. is. You can't. I can't. Now I wanna. I got to. We talked about. You know, we talked about. We talked about style, and yes, we talked about. I was going look, there. This, everyone in the Marlin ISD community, this has got to be Marlin ISD's. Well, outside of the executive cabinet, he's one of the best dressed oh I can attest to oh, that he is one of the best dressed teachers I have ever seen Can I just want to ask him about his style it's kind of like because his style. Mr. Galloway what's that question <laughs> that people ask whenever you're dressed looking nice because you know we can't ever give a compliment but, <laughs> but what's that one question that we have to ask anyone who is looking the part where you going? Where you going? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the kids ask me that all the time. Especially when I first started. 
I'll never forget. It was the first day. I had a full suit. I was walking down the hallway. A parent had stopped me. I'm just an aide at this point. A parent stopped me and said, assistant principal, we need to know. Da, da, da. Yes, I said, sir. oh, um, I'm not the assistant principal. <laughs> I'm just an aid, but I can help you. I can, right. you know, yes, answer sir. your questions or whatever. So I've set that standard from day one. Mm. And to me, I just feel like you should be able to dress up professionally, but also to your style. Yes, mm-hmm. sir. And your style should speak for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I'm one of those engaging teachers and so i like my clothes to look that way mm-hmm. no definitely and we all definitely recognize your image and your presence your presence speaks before you open your mouth and because you dressed yourself in a very professional manner with the jackets with the shirts with the ties your level of engagement in your class is I want to look like Mr. Kelly. I want to be Mr. Kelly mm-hmm. because the way in which you carry yourself, in addition to the quality of instruction, is at the highest level. So, Mr. Kelly, this year mm-hmm. you were named the 2021 Teacher of the Year. But what's next for you as an educator here in Marlin ISD? I definitely want to move up. Um, I definitely want to make more of an impact on not only just my students on my campus, but also the fellow, my fellow teachers. Um, it, to me, it is very beneficial getting to, to work with a teacher and maybe giving them advice, helping them with a lesson, and then seeing that come out, and then it worked for them. Mr. Kelly, you've been in the district for five years. This past year, you were named Teacher of the Year. Describe your experiences this year being recognized and honored with that award to your previous years here in the district. Um, it's definitely drastic, uh, a drastic change from previous years. There's more support from all levels coming down. There's more involvement. The kids actually know who our superintendent are, is. Um, I'm a micromanager. Yeah. But you leave a little fun. Right, yeah. Um, there's more, I feel like there's more parent involvement. There's more community yeah. engagement. Yes, sir. There's a lot of different things that we were lacking previously that we have now. As the teacher of the year. What are some ways that Marlon ISD can continue to support our teachers? Well, make definitely with um, the professional learning communities, teacher development. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's very important. Yes. Um, student data, looking at student work. Yes, sir. You know, is it ticking the line? Is it rigorous? And then data analysis. Are we digging into the data the way we're supposed to? Because we have to make sure that we're not doing random acts of improvement. Everything is strategic, aligned. To the goal. Yeah. Well, Mr. Kelly, we definitely want to thank you for today coming in to join us and congratulations on being yes. the Marlin yeah, Elementary honor. School Woo! Teacher of the Year. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to episode one of the Mainly Marlin podcast, our opportunity to address our community and talk mainly about Marlin. But we talk about other things too. We'll see you next time.